So, um, hi, I'm Kipria, and we are, when we're not talking horror, we have a horror podcast. I'm a lazy DoorDash driver. And I'm Dana. I'm a hardworking molecular biologist. <laughs> we are two no sabo kids. That stands for I don't understand in wrong grammar. Why? Because we don't know how to salsa dance. We don't know how to cook. We can't speak it to Spanish. Speak it to Spanish. No. Mm-hmm. No, we just, we're related, but yet adjacent to the Spanish community. Yes. And we look the part, but we don't fart the fart. No, we don't. But we're no. the whore hussies. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So basically our podcast is we just powwow and shoot the shit over our love of things, all all things horror. Um, sometimes uh, Kipri will pick a movie that I love or hate, vice versa. Sometimes it leads to a fist fight, but Kipria is bigger yeah. and it I'm a midget. Out. Because she knows, what do you do? Kung fu? And what is it called? Jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu. Combat she, she sports. Hates it when I, yeah, okay. <laughs> so you can imagine how that goes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we don't claim to be experts in anything, but we have plenty of opinions. Yes. Yes. We usually end our podcast with my partner, Raphael. Um, Who's a real Hispanic. Yeah, he's full. <laughs> he, he, he couldn't care less. So we'll just... I'll save you. Like, this is him after the end of everything we talk about. Every movie. Okay, so, Raphael, what'd you think about this movie? <sniffs> yeah, that's that's what he does every every podcast, Everything. He poo-poos on everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Dana. Yeah. Um, I like your hair today. Thank you. I like your hair. All right, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> got matching hair today. <laughs> um, this is our first live event. Yeah, so it is. I'm excited. Yeah. Thank you so much to the Anthology Film Festival, to Sheena yes. and Darius and everyone for having us. We're very excited to be here and do this event. Um, yeah. So since it's an Anthology Film Festival, it's only fitting that we're featuring um, an anthology series. We're going to be covering Night Gallery anthology that's written by rod serling um kipria's secret boyfriend what look he's the best we're gonna do this is from the pilot of this series um we're gonna pick i think there was three in the first episode that Mm -hmm. they did this was aired in um november 8th in 1969 the director was steven spielberg he was only 22 years old at the time and admitted it was a bad experience yes he said it was a disaster because you know, he's a young buck coming out of college, and he decided to do the whole new wave European cinema and how all these crazy reflection shots and chandeliers and double things. And they're like, the producer had to heavily re-edit it because it's, you know, it's not for the simple NBC viewers at home at that time to be having like new wave kind of mm-hmm. filming. But he, he was thankful for the experience. He made a film in college called Hamblin. And the head of Universal saw it and offered him to work on it, um, work on television. So he drops out of college, as many fine people do. Steve Jobs, all those people, right? Mm -hmm. And he goes to meet Joan Crawford. Now, I'm going to reenact how it was for him to meet Joan Crawford. Okay, you're Steven Spielberg. Okay, I'm Steven Spielberg. Hello. Hey. I've been practicing for weeks being blind. I've been walking in my apartment with, with with these bandages on to embody the character. Isn't it great? Oh, very he dedicated, met, Mrs. Crawford. He didn't know whether to laugh because she literally was stumbling around, stumbling around her apartment with bandages on, method wow. acting for this uh, particular 
role that she's gonna be playing where she does play a blind woman so like he tried to take it seriously but she's like going for it yeah you know just it's like calm down you already got yeah. the part i guess have y'all <laughs> ever that done point? that as a kid like pretend to be blind and like like <laughs> let me see if i can make it around my house like is that just me like we did that you did it right no i did not You're just what? you whatever no i did other weird yeah, things yeah, yeah, as a yeah. kid so she thought it would be working he she thought she'd be working with like a very seasonal director like I'm Joan Crawford. Hello. Yeah. But he's very young, and the crew were even the average 50 to 60 years old. So they were like, who's this young guy? But with her blessing, you know, she said, I've worked with him before. That was a lie. He's great. Mm -hmm. We're going to have a great time doing all this. Let's do this. Sorry, it's no Mommy Dearest on set. She was actually very nice (laughs) and very, like, community. And so he did it. And also, um, Spielberg noted that when she was on set, all she did was like bring a lot of Pepsi everywhere and give it to the cast because oh. her fourth husband was um, a, the the president of Pepsi at the time. PepsiCo so or whatever was, back in the you day. Know, pushing yeah. her man, peddling her man's product or whatever on set. Yeah. Do you have any more production info or anything? Yeah. So a little info about this man, Rod Sterling here. Um, Twilight Zone, which I'm sure y'all are familiar with, ran for five seasons from 1959 to 64. Um, and it ended because, you know, he was burnt out, workload, and he was living a writer's nightmare. What is, what would that be? Censorship. That's the number one thing mm-hmm. that a writer would hate, which always, you know, executives always have their hand in that. Rod's agent, agent tried to pitch it to another network, the show, but CBS owned the rights to the name Twilight Zone, so they had to come up with a different name. ABC wanted to call it Witches, Warlocks, and Werewolves, which sounds kind of kid-like to me. I don't know. A little bit. Rod's like, no. So Rod um, pitched, well, what about Rod Serling's Wax Museum? And they're so like, no, which would end every episode with him revealing a character in Wax, which I think would be pretty cool. And so years pass, um, Serling decides to write this anthology novel here called The Season to Be Wary in 67. And the writings from this are actually the pilot episode that CBS ultimately decided to pick up and run from Universal. And they reluctantly aired it because they're like, I don't know, like long, long format. No one's really into that anymore. I don't think it's going to work. And Rod Serling decided to change the format to an art gallery featuring stories of fantasy, um, gothic horror tales, and the occult. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, like, uh, I thought it was funny because this is like, Kip has like a total boner for Rod Serling. Yeah. <laughs> He's a genius. To, to each I'm his own. I'm in love with his mind. No. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because Raphael, um, uh, her boyfriend Raphael says that Rod Serling looks like a raccoon doesn't <laughs> i mean and he's right i mean can you right. can you imagine though if he did the voiceover for yeah, uh rocket I mean, the raccoon and guardians of the galaxy instead of Here's bradley cooper <laughs> that's nice okay he looks he, i can he, see it what little it, raccoon man the eyebrows maybe wrong. i don't One know you'll grow old and all you'd be and look like a raccoon even, yeah okay mm-hmm. or possum whatever <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so i have a fun fact um so what is Rod Serling at the beginning of each episode of Twilight Zone? What does he usually have in his hand? Y'all know? Smoking a cigarette. Okay, if you had to guess, how many c- cigarettes did he smoke a day? Anyone want to take a guess? 
120. I'm not good at math. Okay, 100. 100. So he smoked five packs a day of Chesterfield cigarettes. If it's good enough for Ronald Reagan, it's good enough for him. Oh, my God. That is a young picture. (laughs) I didn't know. (laughs) He was an actor. You know, that was the whole thing. I didn't know that either. You didn't know that Ronald Reagan was an actor? No, I didn't. Yeah, that was his whole. But it's just president. Yeah, first (laughs) kind of celebrity getting into politics. All right. So um, also, he was born in December 25th. 1924. What else you got, Dana? Um, just the summary. The um, This one is called Eyes. The first one we're going to do, it's one of the three stories in this Night Gallery pilot episode. It's about a doctor who was blackmailed by a rich woman to perform an unspeakable transplant. Mm-hmm. And uh, like we said, uh, some the main characters, the actors, actresses in this are Joan Crawford. She plays Claudia Menlo, um, my source IMDb. She was a, everybody knows whatever happened to Baby Jane, 1962, The Dam Don't Cry, 1950. You have any more on Yeah, look at her. her. Look at that bitch. That's probably a Pepsi in her hand, too. Yeah. Don't fuck with me. Although, that's Betty Davis. Don't fuck with me, fellas. Is that her? I don't know. But yeah, stunning, stunning. Yeah. So, I'm sure everyone's familiar with Joan Crawford. She's the best. She's the best. She's actually had a very interesting horror career towards the end. And unlike today, um, if you go to television, your career is shit. Today, like all all the stars go to all the platforms. You see Jennifer Anson, everybody on Apple TV, all that kind of stuff, which is different than it was then. Like if you are on television, you're not doing too well. Oh, back then. Um, And yeah, so towards the end of the career, she ended it with a very horrible movie called Trog. I'd never seen it. I don't know what it is, that but it's familiar, but I don't remember. Yeah. Oh God. What is, is it anyone about? Know what, about? what is it? It's like a troll knockoff. It's on Netflix. Okay. Ooh. On Netflix. Okay. Uh, troll knockoff. <laughs> Interesting. Did she take the role seriously? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> of course. She's John Crawford. Okay, she's John Crawford. Yeah. All right. So um, let's get it. Who else do we have? Um, we have Barry Sullivan, who's playing Dr. Heatherton. He was in The Bad and the Beautiful from 1952, Planet of the Vampires, 1965, among many, many other TV series and movies. All right. I'm going to leave this to the audience. Of course, they're going to. I, this is the most kind of disturbing picture to me of this actor. <laughs> Who's this? Anyone know the name? Oh, my God. Is but it you coming? know his face. You know his face. Can you think of the name? Uh, it's Tom Bosley mm-hmm. from he's a dad Monday from Happy Days. Happy Days and he's just showing his white chest here oh my god yeah I think he trimmed it too <laughs> oh, oh wow he's confident that is disturbing <laughs> yeah it is isn't it Ooh. so how we have here is a painting of Joan this one is done in particular by Horoslav Gerber <laughs> I believe he's Czech and he's an illustration artist and um, most of them uh, the photos got like tossed away. Some got reused for other productions for NBC. And this one, this one in particular, was sold at auction for $95,000. Whoa. Yeah. That's a lot for back yeah, then. Yeah. I, I, I would like that. Who I bought like it? it? Joan Crawford? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I don't know when it was sold, but I found with some digging that that's what it sold for auction. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. So, um,. One more thing. The composer of the Night Gallery theme is done by Jill Melly, I think. And he wanted to have like this kaleidoscope effect with the thing, which you'll soon hear. All right, here we go. Okay, without further ado, eyes. 
Maud Serling. A portrait. Its subject, Miss Claudia Menlo. A blind queen who reigns in a carpeted penthouse on Fifth Avenue. An imperious, predatory dowager who will soon find a darkness blacker than blindness. This is her story. Miss Menlo. Mm-hmm. Penthouse, you can't miss her. She's the only one in the building. Yes, I know. You know her? I've been a doctor for years. Say, that's a very good likeness. Not really, doctor. There was one thing I couldn't capture. What's that? Her cruelty. Well, Miss Menlo has been blind from birth. Cause and effect, huh? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, doctor. I was commissioned to do this a month ago. One final application of lacquer, and I am finished. I used to wonder what kind of woman built an apartment house on Fifth Avenue and then installed herself as the only tenant. Well, I'll tell you what kind of woman it is, Doctor. A tiny, fragile little monster. That kind of woman. Okay. Is Joan Crawford really that tiny, tiny yeah. little monster? No. Yeah. She's like, short as me. Yeah, see, the, see how big I am? <laughs> am I the monster? I'm the monster. Yeah, she's there. definitely not frail. <laughs> How deliciously prompt you are, Doctor. You're only an hour late. I saw your painting. I think the artist has done you justice. If he has, Dr. Heatherton, he's the only one in the 54-year history of my sojourn on Earth. No one has ever done me justice, beginning with God. I'm sorry to be late. I've been in surgery most of the day. I'm impressed. I always am with you. You're constantly and eternally the gentle healer. <laughs> now then, what are we to talk about? What we've already talked about on the telephone. Well, as I've already told you, Miss Manlo, the surgical procedure you questioned me about has been tried only on animals. Successfully. A chimpanzee and a dog. Both subjects had optic nerves regrafted from donors whose visual organs were unimpaired. In both cases, they were able to see. One for a few moments, the other for a period of hours. The donors, of course, were rendered permanently sightless. So you see, Miss Menlo, this is nothing more than a breakthrough, a beginning. If it can work on animals, it can also work on human beings. One doesn't have to be a high-priced Fifth Avenue surgeon to make this altogether reasonable assumption. High-priced or otherwise, Miss Menlo, no surgeon would ever make such an assumption. Nor would he put it to a test. You must understand something, Miss Menlo. In the first place, the best you could expect on assuming the transplanting of the central optic nerve was successful would be, well, roughly 11 to 13 hours of sight, no more. Then you'd be blind again. And then, of course, there's that other insurmountable obstacle. What is the insurmountable Obstacle. Put it simply, Miss Menlo, you need a donor. Someone who'd be willing to part with his sight for the rest of his life to give you roughly 12 hours of it. 
I don't believe there's such a person around. Nonsense, Doctor. Everyone has a price. For their eyes? I seriously doubt that. Well, that's where you're wrong. My lawyer has found such a person for me. He represented him in a criminal case some time ago. The man needs the money desperately. He's agreed to become the donor and part with his eyes for a sum of cash. How much cash? $9,000. That's what the individual required. That's what I'm paying. Miss Medlow, listen to me very carefully. There are four men who could conceivably perform the operation you're talking about. I'm one of the four, but I can speak for the others as well. I would no more remove the eyesight of another human being so that you might enjoy a few hours of sight than I would deliberately kill a child. Is that clear to you? I want you to read something, Dr. Heatherton. In this envelope, I have a complete file on one Dr. Frank Heatherton. The impeccable Dr. Heatherton. The respectable Dr. Heatherton. I told you all men had a price. That's because all men have something to hide. And you, Doctor, you have more than most. All there, I believe. Do you recall the young woman? Miss Grace Ridden, age 22, who died on a kitchen table because the abortionist had the hygienic habits of a pig and the surgical deftness of a of a paper hanger. She made the trip to that butcher at the behest of you. That rigidly moral, antiseptically pure physician who, who might on occasion, as he did on this occasion, reveal a slightly gamier side to his character. The release of this information would not enhance either your professional standing or your marriage. Would it, Doctor? No. No, it would quite obviously destroy me as a physician. And it would wreck a 25-year-old marriage. That's what you've set out to do, Miss Manlo. You've got all the proper ammunition. As must be obvious over your many protracted loyal years of hand-holding with this dull, imperious woman, I have no interest in helping or hurting anyone. I couldn't care less about your extracurricular activities or my lawyer's off-Wall Street production or anything else that doesn't involve me. My abiding concern, Doctor, and my singular preoccupation is myself. 11 hours of 12, fewer or more, it makes no difference. I want to see something. Trees, concrete, buildings, grass. Airplanes, color! All right, Miss Mendon. Why, I don't know, but I put a premium on my survival. I'll perform the operation. The donor, who is he? I'll have my lawyer contact you and give you his name. He's an inconsequential little hoodlum. You can arrange with Packer as to where it will all take place. 
because I want it to take place as quickly as possible. Is that clear to you, Doctor? What's clear to me, Miss Menlo, is that you're to be satisfied. For a whim, a fancy, a few sweeps of some clock hands while you indulge yourself, a man will deliver up his eyes. Thanks to me. Lou, don't play games with me. My stomach's coming up through my throat. Hey, maybe you'll luck out and choke on it, huh, Sidney? Please, we have a heart. I'm dizzy. I'm telling you, this thing makes me sick. Right here. You got anything, Dana? I feel nauseous. I feel sick. This They did that really well, I think, with the merry-go-round. Yeah. Bosley asked uh, the director, Stephen, can I have some Dramamine, Dramamine. doctor? <laughs> what is that? The anti-nausea medicine? Is that what's called? Dram Dramamine? Okay, he asked for that. Oh, wow. He's like, sure, I'll give you some. He gave him a placebo. Uh, so he was really <laughs> sick and really pissed at the end, and he was so mad at him, but then he saw the results and posts. He was like, you know what? He was right, because I really look sick. <laughs> hey, this makes you sick. Well, you don't know the meaning of the word. I'll tell you about sick, Sydney. You owe 9,000 bucks, and you bought it for too long. That's sick, baby. That's terminal, you know? Lou, I'm... I'm gonna get the 9,000 bucks tomorrow. I, I'm gonna be some kind of a guinea pig for a, a doctor. I'm gonna have a have an operation of some kind. I'm gonna get the whole 9,000 bucks for it. You don't stop, do you, Sidney? On my father's grave. The truth, nothing but the truth. I'll give you this. You got some imagination. <laughs> it's the lab, <laughs> What kind of operation? I'm not allowed to say. Oh. I swear to God, Lou, that's it. It's an operation, and I'm not allowed to say anything about it. <laughs> it's illegal or something, but I swear, that's the goods. And I get my money when? Soon as they give it to me. Anytime after three, you come to my place. I'll have it for you. All right, Sidney. I'll be in your room tomorrow afternoon. If the 9,000 isn't there with you, you get 15 seconds to say your prayers. It's been nice having this little chat with you. Well, what do you think, Doctor? Will he pass? Yeah, I think so. I'll have to do some more extensive tests at the hospital tonight, but I think he'll do. After all, we're not asking too much of him. That's his damned eyes, that's all. She's got you, too, huh? That's her style. She knows precisely what wheels to put in motion, this fragile, bird-like little thing. The threat to destroy passed down through channels. You do it to him, or I'll do it to you, till it reaches the bottom echelon. Then there emerges one poor, hapless soul who can find no one lower, more vulnerable than he is, and this is the one who is destroyed. Uh, Mr. Resnick, um, a little something for you to sign here. Oh. Hmm. It's the laugh. I, I swear it's the laugh. You gotta be a Philadelphia lawyer to read this thing. On the uh, bottom line, Mr. Resnick, just above the word donor. Hey, just for kicks. Really, just for kicks. What am I giving and, and what are you getting? Huh? 
Mr. Resnick, you are donating your eyes, specifically the central optic nerve. Now, I could give it to you medically. I could talk about the nerve fibers or the actions of the ganglion cells. I, I believe it. I believe it. I got no choice. No choice. Here, you take the eyes outside. They take the body. Here you are, Mr. Resnick. Sidney, the sight giver. So, what's left to see, huh? Mr. Resnick? I've seen everything there is. I've seen a second Louis Schmeling fight. No, I won a bundle. I've seen the Kentucky Derby three times. And I've seen the home run that Bobby Thompson hit that killed the Dodgers. Oh, I've seen everything, man, everything. He holds it like baby juice. But, uh, <laughs> the thing of it is... Baby. Baby may I? May I? Yes, of course. The thing of it is... What's it going to be like when it's midnight all the time and nobody's paid the electric bill, eh? So, so what do I do? Grieve a little, maybe. I'll still be able to cry out of them, won't I? To your heart's content, Mr. Resnick. To my heart's content? Oh, Doc, baby, you do turn a phrase. I swear you turn a phrase. Here's your money, Mr. Resnick. Uh, with an extra... 500 thrown in by the doctor and myself. And the address of the hospital. You're to be there at uh, 7 this evening. I hope I don't need a bookie on the way. I, I, I'm a sucker for a game of chance. Honest is a fact, uh, anything at all. For example, gentlemen, I'll lay you 5 to 1 for 24 hours after you make me blind, I'm going to want to cut my throat. And I'll lay even money I do it. When I see, I shall drink up Central Park. I shall let it pour through my eyes until it floods my brain. I shall maintain a reservoir of things that, that I've seen during that brief time to remember for the rest of my life. So what's to do, huh? Nothing. That's the story of simple Sydney's life. Hey, put it on the tombstone, will you, fellas? Huh? Here lies Resnick. He wanted Miami Beach and a 50-cent cigar. And that's all he really wanted. So learn the lesson, huh? This is what you get for cheap tastes. You get your eyes cut out. Menlo, the anointed hour can be any moment now, as I told you, any time after five o'clock. May I make a few suggestions? Remove the bandages very gradually. I'd keep my eyes closed, if I were you, throughout the process. Also, I'd keep the room dark. The introduction of light should come in stages, in degrees. In a way, it's sort of like becoming used to an artificial limb. It may... May take time for the eyes to focus, to accept light. 
scratch, Alex. I don't know why this part bothered Dana. <laughs> it did. This, this bitch is fresh out of the OR, and she's back home for fully dressed, and her hair is done. Yeah. Like she's ready to see herself, I guess. Oh, for the first yeah. time, I, ge- that makes I sense. guess. Want to look <laughs> I don't good. know. Yeah. Sure. What's the matter, Doctor? Looking at my gallery, are you? You've got it all planned, haven't you, Miss Manma? Indeed. All the paintings and all the statues. They're right there, where I can see them. And so is the rest of the evening and the night. My eyes will take pictures, Doctor. Pictures of everything to be filed for future reference. A rather long future reference. Whatever is the length of my life. And now, if there's nothing else, Doctor? Miss Manlo, I hope you enjoy the next 11, 12 hours. I hope that your eyes will see whatever is important to see. I hope that my efforts have made it possible. For both our sakes, I hope they have. I'll say good evening, then. Say goodbye, Doctor. We'll not be seeing one another again. I said, how revealing. I'm to be discarded, then. The used light bulbs of Miss Menlo's life, when they cease lighting her way, out they go. Of course. Doctor, flick on the light switch, if you will. The one in the hall. Good. Perhaps if you're around town this evening, Doctor, you might introduce yourself. It occurs to me that I've never seen your face. Oh, you can't miss me, Miss Menlo. I'll be the tall man with the sick eyes, the one with the ache in his gut. The infection in his conscience so miserably incurable. You can't miss me, Miss Menlo. Can anybody see me? I need help! 
this is an error like what bothered you about this part right here my, my biggest pet peeve about this is she was still wearing her heels in the dark stumbling around yeah uh, everyone wore heels you know your mother didn't dress up to go to the bank no oh, okay no <laughs> she sure didn't did. <laughs> uh i think you also mentioned that like obviously wouldn't she be seeing the headlights or something right yeah there were some reviews i read i didn't even realize it till afterwards that that you would see the headlights if the whole city went out like this. This was presumed to be the great blackout of 1965 on November 9th, which also happened just as it got dark and it ended the next morning. So possibly yeah. this was yeah. portrayed uh, here. Yeah, my dad grew up in Harlem in New York City, and when blackouts happened, loot, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I was like, I'm not saying he participated. Yeah. But, uh, you know, sure. people take advantage of the dark and go ape shit. And yeah. Steal stuff. I can see. That's the sun I'm seeing. And the sun is. It's a golden yellow. That's color. Oh, God, it's beautiful. It's going away. No. No, wait, no, not yet. Eleven hours. All gone. All finished. That's not fair. It's simply not fair. I, I'm not ready. Come back! I won't let you go! Please come back! I want it! I want the sun! Hey. What do you think, Dana? I thought she was going to be able to see some, like, really dark shit that, like, Sydney had done to get him into debt. Oh, you wanted to go more in the backstory of this, That's what I was expecting. this loser who <laughs> has a gambling problem and yeah. sold his eyes for, what was it, $9,000? Um, yeah, what a waste whatever of $9,000. Whatever that translates to now. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't know. I think it's, I think she did a great job, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I like it a lot. Yeah, I was hoping we get to see like a glimmer or like a little scene of what Sydney went through with after his operation, giving up his oh, eyes. Oh, yeah, that would have been a good scene of yeah. him like in his apartment. Just, yeah, just having crying with his not no eyes. Crying with uh, his no eyes. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they said he could still. Yeah, cry. and I guess his uh, I guess his uh, bookie was supposed to come over and collect it. Yeah, that would have been good. And like, yes, like having the the pack of money that he got taken from his hands, so he doesn't even yeah. have that anymore. Yeah. He just has no eyes and no money. Yeah. yeah that's pretty petty of her. I'm only going to give him what his debt covers. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Instead of whatever she obviously could afford because she had the whole I think people still do this in New York, like have the f- whole floor she to had themselves. the whole building. The whole not the but whole building. That's what floor. that artist guy said in the beginning. That's a bit and she was the only tenant? Uh, on the it would have made sense. What? The fifth floor. On the fifth floor. Oh, I thought he said or the whatever. Whole building. That would have made sense. Yeah. She did crawl down five flights of stairs, I guess. But yeah. Yeah. People do that. With heels. Whole floor. <laughs> yeah. Unrelated. Yes. I heard Beyonce. She had a whole wing of a hospital cut off. She really didn't have that baby. I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> she didn't. She's like, yeah, I had it. And no one knows. Ivy Blue or Blue Ivy, whatever, whatever. her name is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Why did he give up both eyes? That's a good question. He could have just given up one. I guess she wanted, she wanted that uh, that per that perception. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she would. She didn't. She sure. She could have did the one eye. Yeah. Yeah. Greedy. <laughs> and it's the story that she went through the loss twice. The lead up is that she thought she lost it, went through it, got it back. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, she knew she was only going to get maybe twelve hours. Well, the first time I saw it, I thought she, I thought it really didn't work, and she just went blind. And yeah. there was a blackout. I didn't connect the two, but yeah, yeah. That is a waste of her hours. Should have yeah. done it in the morning for the <laughs> surgery in the morning. You yeah. dumb dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a post stop nine a.m. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, yeah, uh, I was warned about that. Like, but we don't know if she was born blind. But like, I think they said she was. How do people was. know shapes and? what things are and stuff. I don't, I don't know. Pretty wild. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I feel a triangle. <laughs> yeah, you can feel like, a triangle. I don't that's know. That's what a square I, feels I like. Know. Yeah. Four sides. Your garden, there's no shape. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. So there's no stupid questions, just stupid people. Yeah. Right, Dana? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Well, so that was um, Eyes. Eyes. Uh, would you guys like to see another short of Rod Serling's Night Gallery. Okay, so um, Dana is going to nice. give the summary. That way I get that queued up. Huh. Say what? <laughs> what would he say? Squirrel cheeks, yes. He's a little guy. Yeah, he yeah. Like squirrels away some probably cigarette butts in there or something. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. Uh, I don't think he would have looked any better if he didn't smoke. I mean, yeah. Hey, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> His lip is frozen. I'll have you know that uh, he's a genius, and geniuses are born in Binghamton. You know why? why? I was born in Binghamton. Uh, of course. Upstate New York. Yep. Okay. And you don't look like a raccoon, but well, that's I don't. good. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay. The next okay. one. <laughs> the next one is called "You Can't Get Help Like That Anymore." This director is Jeff Corey, who is also an actor. He directed nine episodes of Night Gallery and several other TV shows like Anna and the King and Sons and Daughters. The writer, again, was Rod Serling. This one aired February 23rd, 1972. And the summary from IMDb is, The Fultons delight in the sadistic torture of servants, but may have met their match when a new robot maid arrives from the company Robot Aids, Inc., this is uh, starring Lana Wood. She plays the, ma- the the main maid. She is sister to famous actress Natalie Wood, uh, who and she was in Diamonds Are Forever, 1971, mm-hmm. Starsky and Hutch, uh, 76 through 79, and Fantasy Island from 1978. Bonanza. Bonanza, yes. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, the next actress, main actress, is Cloris Leachman. She plays Mrs. Fulton. And she was in almost 200 movies and TV series, including Hot in Cleveland from 2013, The Mary Tyler Moore Show. Um, she was in Lassie, Malcolm in the Middle, Scary Movie 4. Yeah. Other she's in everything. Yeah, she's I, I love her. Uh, I think uh, she – didn't she play Wonder Woman's mother? Am I, I th- wrong? I think she like did might have one episode yeah. or something. I think I, think I saw. Scene. Scene. Yeah. Uh, I guess she's showing her how to use her – lasso powers or sure whatever yeah uh, yeah she was in <laughs> she uh was in a couple of the twilight zones three episodes of alfred hitchcock's presents and she provided voice for bob's burgers beavis and butthead to america and the simpsons yeah she's a hard-looking lady yeah, yeah she does it all highly awarded too and at age 82 she appeared on dancing with the stars in 2005 yeah and she get it like get it close uh what, back in the 30s, Miss, wherever she's from, what state? I don't know. I don't know. Let's just say Iowa. She was she, Miss Iowa. Okay. Let's just say that. Sure. She looks yeah. like it. Um, she could do so it. So if you are fans of the Twilight Zone, um, she appeared in a very famous episode of, um, you know, what was it called? What is it called? I'm drawing a blank. Yes, the boy who sends the everyone into the cornfield. I um, can't believe I didn't write it down. But basically, the town is in control of this boy's whims because he can wish you away uh, if he wanted to. And she played his mother, the one who had this horrible creation that can get rid of you, mm. and um, which aired in 1961. She also did a reprise with him grown up in 2003 in the Twilight Zone, um, uh, another, what's it called, another a reboot there it goes that's the word reboot thank you cindy reboot um in 2003 that was hosted by um forrest whitaker for some time hmm. and i actually liked uh that reboot there was an 80s reboot early 2000 reboot and then of course a more recent one mm. with uh peel jordan peel yeah. and i actually i did not like that one oh. i uh, i'm sorry i didn't oh, see it i'm sorry uh what didn't you like about it I felt that they were trying to recreate like the filming style and like small town quaintness of the sixties. It just didn't work for me. I heard that like, oh, it's getting better, but I guess it, as many series do these days, they don't have the the room to grow and find an audience because there's just so much stuff out there. So I understand that if it, I watched a few, maybe maybe it was okay. I don't know. It just wasn't for me. Hmm. But I really like the eighties and early two thousand one. I don't know. Yeah, that's just me. Was there any particular episode in the new reboot that you liked? I loved the finale. What, what, what was that one about? Was it a redone or a new concept? It was. It was. In, it was a new concept. It was like the the assistant on set, and there's like this this thing that's following her through all of it, and they had. But it was also an Easter egg that was through the whole season. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, maybe I'll give it a chance. All right. I don't know how many. Okay, the reboot. Peel's not trying to do Rod Serling. No, I understand that. Network is trying to recreate. Yeah, which is uh, which is now CBS is now Paramount out. Mm. Hence that. But you know, I stick by my my, my raccoon eyed man. You know, I <laughs> squirrel cheeks. Mm-hmm. Okay, who else we got? Um, next is Broderick Crawford. He plays Mr. Fulton. He's best known for Oscar winning role in all the 
All the King's Men from 1949 and Born Yesterday in 1950. Okay. Looks the like a dirty old man to me. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my. I cannot take pictures. If I had a headshot as an actress, I'll be like. Dana, One eyebrow raised. Dana, you could do like. Like a, like a look over the shoulder. Look over the shoulder, that yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, okay. Who else we got? Um, we got, Sav- I don't know if I'm saying this right, Severn or Severn Darden. He plays Dr. Kessler. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been in many movies and TV series. He was in Battle for the Planet of the Apes, 1973. Real genius. Whoop, whoop. Okay, that's my thing. Okay. Oh, people oh that like is your Star thing. People like Star Wars. People like the Marvel movies. Mine is, is Planet of the Apes. Okay. I saw, I watched the whole marathon when I was like in middle school. Mm-hmm. Love with it. Great. Okay. It's great. Uh, my favorite line is, they will dissect you and kill you in that order. Ooh. Ew. What? Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> it tickles my fancy. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> A Charlton Heston fan? Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, he was Isn't he, is he still movie. president of the NRA or whatever? Yeah. He's still alive? <laughs> is he? Is he? Oh, I yes. thought he was. Okay. Uh, he was also in Real Genius, 1985, and Werewolves on Wheels in 1971. Me? Werewolves on Wheels. What is that? I don't know, but I want to see it. I'm sorry. I got to look at it, look up, it up right now. No, I got to. Werewolf on Wheels? <laughs> yep. Werewolves. Multiple werewolves. What is Werewolf on Wheels? Werewolves <laughs> on Wheels is a 1971 movie directed by Michelle Levesque, starring Stephen Oliver, Anna Lynn Brown, and Gray Johnson. Okay. That's it. Yeah, it no has a synopsis? trailer. I don't oh know. Lord. A biker gang and its leader fall prey to a Satan worshiper in his cult. Okay. Where's the werewolves? Oh. Tra- I don't know. I thought there'd be like Satanist werewolves or something. I don't know. Who knows? A girl anyway. can hope. Okay. Interesting. Uh, next is Henry Jones. He plays Malcolm Hample. Uh, Mr. Rover. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I was like, I don't Actually, see it. Actually. <laughs> but this is the best picture I could find to maybe like. Actually, no. I thought it was. I thought it was him too. He no. plays a robot salesman. He was in um, Vertigo, nineteen fifty-eight, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, Arachnophobia, gross, Chips. Oh, I can't do spiders. D- oh, I had Dykes of Hazard, Dukes of Dykes Hazard. Of My bad. <laughs> what would that movie be like? Dykes of Hazard. Interesting. I seriously thought this was Mr. Roper too. He looks yep. very similar, but it's not him. That yeah. is, uh, what is his name? Mr. Norm Levi. Fell. This is Roper. That is Mr. Roper, and this is the actor right this here. Oh, I thought that would just be Does yep. it look similar to you? Yes. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Such what a friendly landlord. That was a great show. It was yeah. a good show. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Those are our main characters. Mm-hmm. Um, also, so this is the artwork for this episode, uh, which is called You Can't Find Good Help Like That Anymore. And the artist for this one is Tom Wright, who um, painted over 200 paintings for this show. He was the main artist for it. And he would often use his daughter and his family as the subject. So I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, I really like this. So are you ready to get into, you can't get good help like that anymore, right? Let's do it. Let's do it. I don't know why I said it like that, but I did. Let's see if there's a lag. (laughs) No, see. Okay. No. <laughs> See? <laughs> you get me. <laughs> you get it. Offered to you now an item having to do with labor and management. An employment office 
where is offered a collection of potential employees whose skills are unique. For in addition to their loyalty, industriousness, punctuality, and impeccable cleanliness, they also run at least 100,000 miles without a lube and an oil change. It's no wonder we call this one, you can't get help like that anymore. Feel free to shout on the screen. I want to hear your thoughts. Your inner thoughts. Okay? <laughs> She was only programmed to whisk. Yeah. This is our domestic help section. Butlers, cooks, maids, everything for the home. They look so incredibly real. Well, they are real, Mrs. Foster. They're just as real as you and I. And do they think? They actually think? They think in the sense that there are thought areas into which they've been fed computerized data that enable them to make decisions. For instance, this model here is our production model 706 housemaid. Now, uh, she can decide when's the proper time to change the sheets and pillowcases, for instance, or wax the floor, things like that. That is the extent of her thought process, if you will. Here's a new model we're just, uh, just developing. There's our production model 738 chauffeur. You mean he actually drives? He does indeed, with consummate skill, par excellence. Well, that's incredible. Seems so, doesn't it? You should see the more expensive model of this chap. Not only drives, but makes major automotive repairs. And better than you could get done in any garage. <laughs> Did anybody catch the weirdness? The one thing about the delivery man robot? The chauffeur robot? Yes, the chauffeur. Yeah. But he's wearing a <laughs> wedding ring. <laughs> Ooh, that's a weird touch. It's weird. Yeah. You know, they never explain that, but it's <laughs> like I guess when you're an actor and you her though is French for uh, I pull, I pull, <laughs> I pull, I pull, I pull, I pee pee, I pull pussy, I pee pee. That's what it means in French. I pull. Oh, look at him showing off his smartness. You smart, smart man, you. Yeah. Guys gotta wear a wedding ring. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, I thought it was like, he said like, you know, he knows directions and can fix the car. I was like, don't take away a man's ability to say that he doesn't know where he's going. Like now they have a machine that knows more than him. I don't know if you've been in the car with your dad and he will not let go that he doesn't know where he's going. This is before GPS and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. We were trying to find this country restaurant and we ended up with some dirt road. It felt very you know, Chainsaw Massacre, but, like, he mm -hmm. just would refuse to say, I am lost. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Anyway. He probably called it an adventure instead of being lost. <laughs> Hample here. You're wanted in the complaint department, Mr. Hample. I'll be there directly. If you'll excuse me. Uh, 
Why don't you come on into our hospitality room and look at the brochures, and I'll be with you in a minute, huh? Complaint department? Ah, uh, you got that. Well, <laughs> complaint is just kind of a catch-all phrase. Not even complaints, really. Just usually just slight modifications required. You know, statistically, we have fewer than 2% returns. 99% of the adjustments are of a minor nature, believe me. Good afternoon, Mr. Hampton. Good afternoon, Miss Sherman. This is Mr. and Mrs. Foster. They're interested in some of our domestic models. Very pleased to know you both. May I get you coffee or a drink? Uh, coffee, please. Black. The same, please. Sultry voice. Make yourselves comfortable. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's, she's yeah. like WWF or E, whichever one. <laughs> Our production model 473. You can just shut them off? At your pleasure and convenience. Or you can preset their functioning time. They can work 24 hours a day if you want them to. That's incredible. It's also a little scary. Scary? Well, yeah, when they're working, they, they seem so real, so human. And when you turn them off, well, it's as if... As if what, Mrs. Foster? It's as if you kill them. What is it? Complaints department, sir. There are some customers who are very anxious to speak with you. And Dr. Kessler's been trying to reach you, sir. I'll be right there. Uh, Miss Sherman will take care of you. I'll be right back. I'd be, like, be kind of scared. Don't leave me alone with a robot. Where are you going? For a wrestler yeah. robot. Kessler? <laughs> when you have a moment, yes. Can it keep? I've got two people waiting for me with a complaint. You have a person here waiting for you with a complaint. Now, look at that. Good Lord, what caused this? What caused this? There's a psychopathic wrecking team called Mr. and Mrs. Joseph Fulton presently awaiting you with a whining complaint that we build defective merchandise. Defective in this case, meaning that we didn't build it out of concrete and armor-plated steel. Now, hold on, Kessler. This could very well have been caused by an accident. This could only have been caused by two neurotic sadists who find pure joy in the act of destruction. Yes? Mr. and Mrs. Fulton are still looking for you, sir. Later. I'm very busy here with Dr. Kessler. Look at it. All the major circuits torn out. All the limbs dismembered, fractured. The entire body pockmarked. Oh, there you are, Hempel. I want to talk to you, not to any middleman. Now, let me tell you something. No, I let me tell him. We wanted a maid, right? Yes, nothing special, nothing complicated. Just a maid. I understand. Who, who could wash a floor and make a bed. Uh, nothing complicated at all. Yes. And what do we get? Some... Some skimpy, uh, just Jerry Belt piece of trash that can't even make a Please. bed and he broke down. That is not right down. Not broke down, madam, was broken down, was tortured, abused, punished, and wrecked. Please, Kessler. You want a maid, do you? Well, the only kind of maid we could develop for people like you would be a surplus tank with an apron on it. Now, wait a minute. I want to tell you something. No, uh, let me tell him. You're cheats. That's what you are, and we've a good mind to report you. $25,000, and for what? Why, this thing isn't even as strong as a human. What would you know about it? These things have more human qualities than you two have ever dreamt of. What did you ever kick, punch, and abuse before we developed robots for you? Did you pull the wings off of flies? Did you pour kerosene on cats? Did you shop? Enough. That's quite enough. <laughs> Damn. I humbly <laughs> apologize to you, Mrs. Fulton. Mr. Fulton, please, I truly do. 
Now, if you'll wait in the lobby, I'll arrange for a replacement made, one of our newer models. You can pick it out yourself. You'll have it by mid-afternoon. I guarantee it, and I guarantee total satisfaction. You'll want an apology, I suppose. That would be a good preface, followed logically by your resignation. Abuse. Is that what you said? Punish? Torture? Were those your words? Dr. Kessler, you're a very valuable man and a rare intelligence. I give you that up front, but I also give you this for a corollary. You certainly must recognize this is not a human being. This, this thing here is just a machine. They're not just machines. This is not just a machine. This isn't just flesh-colored plastic. These aren't just wires and computer circuits. This isn't just an inanimate, lifeless, synthetic. What in the West world fuck is going on <laughs> I here? Know. I know. I mean, yes. I mean, this concept has been done and many times over. But, yeah, I don't know. I think I've seen like a... Okay, so there is a show called Humans, I think on AMC. I don't know if anyone's ever seen it. And, of course, they make the robots hot. All right, one's a maid. <laughs> that's a requirement. And the husband, he's fighting with his wife. Things are hard. He sees his, you know, his his, his robot maid bending over Asian to wash a floor. Cleaning. He sleeps with it. It's not cheating because it's a robot. But when they're having sex, you can see a tear in her face Ugh. as he has his way with her. Ugh. I'm like, ah! Because they're made by men. They're made kind of like the maid. Not, not you. They don't need that. But nerdy, desperate. Why couldn't they just look like the maid from like the Jetsons? Uh, oh, yeah. She was <laughs> Why a robot on wheels. Yeah. I liked her. Yeah. You knew if it was a male version, it'd be a Ken doll. Uh, That's okay. What's wrong with that? Ken doesn't even. They don't have parts. No. Oh. Okay, Never mind. I, I don't say, want it. I will say this. Don't worry. It's for women, too, because in the show Black Mare, I don't know if you saw, there's a Black oh, Mare. I, I was just okay, about this, where she orders her husband. Yes. Dead. She orders her husband. Oh. You know, it's like a, those little dinosaur sponge things. You put him in a tub and then add water, and then hours later he comes out. <laughs> and um, he, he, he can perform in the bedroom now. Wow. Why? Because the memories are based on the memories of him on you know, the computer. And he's watched lots of porn. Wow. It was weird. Creepy. All right, let's continue with this sad, sad robot lady. Robot who has feelings. Right now, I think you'd better explain this to me, Kessler. It's a phenomenon I've just observed. These uh, beings that we've created, they develop certain dimensions, certain characteristics. I can't accept that. You'd better. And you'd better accept this, too. In the beginning, they only respond to what is programmed into them. And then? And then, like the human infant, they begin to mature. They begin to develop emotional reactions. And the next step, and you'd best prepare for this, Mr. Hample, they begin to develop survival instincts and methods. And when that happens, good Mr. Hample, you'd best get on the telephone to people like the Fultons and tell them to take out their aggressions on the wall or a punching bag or something that won't hit back. 
Why does it sound like the music to SNL? Like the opening music? <laughs> yeah, a little bit, yeah. You know, when I used to watch movies in the 70s and they had people dancing and stuff, mm -hmm. I was like, wow, this is so hip and happening. And my parents like, this is made up music with made up moves. This is not how real people dance or party, but I thought it was the hippest thing I saw. Look at that bun. So you're the maid. I'm model number 931, Mr. Fulton. I'm here to serve you. Model 931. Let me tell you something. Whoever made you sure put it all together because you're one little charming hunk of maid, believe me. Thank you, Mr. Fulton. Don't forget this one. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Can't you do anything else besides clean up a room? Of course. A man's like, can I fuck you? Yeah. <laughs> you do that? Yeah. Oh. Okay. I am programmed to take complete charge of a house. This includes all cleaning, answering telephones, and other related duties. Well, I got news for you. If that's the sum total of your services, why did they give you such a beautiful face and body? I see. I think it's a gross deception, that's what I think. Because anybody that looks like you has got to be able to do more than just clean up a room. Is that what you think, Joy Boy? Then again, give this a thought, Joe. Maybe she's not just a maid. Maybe that's only a part of her function. Is it possible that they programmed a little slut into you? No. Oh, no, ma'am. My model number is that of a domestic. If you wanted a robot aide whose functions were more complicated... That's bull, What I just did, did that, um... Did that tick you off? I asked you a question. Inside that maze of wires and expensive tubes, is there a little special battery that, that makes you want to break people's heads open? We do not possess the capacity for anger. Did you hear that, Joe? Why don't you let her clean up the mess? Because I'm fascinated with this prefabricated little wildflower who can get pinched, who can get stepped on, who can get knocked through a wall. And the worst that can happen is that she'll light up and say, don't. Why don't you stop thinking on it? I might. Ask the same question of you. You've got a thing about sophisticated machinery. Why don't you go out in the garage and uh, pinch the power more? Just a minute. 
I'm not finished. We don't employ you. We own you. Remember that. Now, I've seen many people who have reviewed this, and obviously Rod Serling is known for um, getting his message across on um, political and social issues by using other things because network television can't just blatantly address things Say that it. are going on. Yeah. And like he did in Twilight Zone here, they feel like that this is maybe also a reference to like owning um, black people, like the, the climate that was going on as far as, you know, right. many people who were in servitude positions at right. that time. So that is possible analogy to build from is the, how they treat, you know, certain people. I own this furniture. I own these drapes. I own these pictures. I own this booze. And I own you. I may have to remind you that you are just a vacuum cleaner with pretty legs. Your predecessor didn't uh, work out so well. She couldn't hack it in the service. <laughs> Sounds like my mother's laugh. Oh, God. Do you want to <laughs> register a complaint? I'd give you my permission. I also give you fair warning that I may let you have it with a lamp. I was only looking at you, Mrs. Fulton. Say again. I said I was only looking at you, you and your husband. You were only looking at us. All right, dearie. What do you see? I said, what do you see? Mrs. Fulton, I can't lie. No. I'm programmed to tell the truth. Now tell the truth. What do you see? I see a middle-aged woman aging without grace. Ooh. Aggressive, competitive, discontented. With an ugliness inside that can't be covered with cosmetics. Shots fired. Shots fired. And Mr. Fulton, crude, cruel, vulgar, lusting for everything but loving nothing. Now, shall I continue to clean up the room, or what is your pleasure? My pleasure is to deactivate you for good. Girl, is she read her? Oh my God! She read it like a book. <laughs> 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 she's like you ready here it goes yeah. i warned you mm -hmm. i cannot lie um i just wanted to give you a good shot here i thought they did a, an incredible job with the makeup some may disagree um i try to look up but the artist the the makeup artist is mostly probably done by the the paramount makeup artist by bud westmore and he is responsible for doing makeup for like preachers of the black lagoon um, he worked on To Killing Mockingbird and uh, Stanley Kubrick. Did I say that right? Stanley Kubrick, Kubrick film Kubrick. as well. So 
that's responsible for the makeup for most of these episodes of Night Guard. And I think it's pretty cool how, like, she's not blinking. I guess they got to, like, get mm-hmm. – you I'm trying to catch some blinking. Did you catch, catch any blinking? No. I didn't either, Just so. tears. Mrs. Fulton, you pointed out that my predecessor was incapable of survival here. I must warn you, so long as I'm activated, I shall defend myself against destruction. What's that? I shall not allow you to destroy me. You shall not allow us. Let me tell you, Miss 931, or whatever your name is, you're just about five seconds away from a scrap heap. You went for a pimp slap. Backhand. Backhand. <laughs> Please, Mrs. Fulton, I have no desire to hurt, no wish to give pain, but I must survive. And so you shall, dearie. Just long enough to wish you'd never been built. <laughs> Hello, yes. No, ma'am, we've temporarily discontinued our operation. That's correct. No, ma'am, we frankly don't know whether we'll resume or not. I'm sorry, what was the question? We're undergoing a reorganization. No, ma'am, I can't tell you a date, or a time, or even whether or not we'll be back in operation in the near future. Thank you for your call. Goodbye. Is everything all right? Everything functioning well. How very odd. The ingeniousness of man, his cleverness, the paragon of animals, and yet his incredible Amazing stupidity. There was an English writer, Samuel Butler. He wrote a book called Erewhon. And there's a line in it. There is no security against the ultimate development of mechanical consciousness in the fact of machines possessing little consciousness now. Even a potato in a dark cellar has a certain low cunning about him which serves him in excellent stead. How very true. How very tragically true. Less intelligent than a potato. comment on what they just saw he saw it as a child oh you did yeah wait are you a vampire you're not that old (laughs) in like a rerun oh a rerun yes yes all right data (laughs) i didn't catch that but you said that um i guess she basically called him a potato he's less Mm -hmm. intelligent than a potato now yeah or before (laughs) but yeah i was wondering did I was kind of confused about that one. So did Dr. Kessler, did he clone himself and Lana? Or is he um, just... I have to admit, I was a little slow. I did not get it right away. Okay, can anyone... Did you get what happened at the end? What happened? He put the robots in a position that they weren't programmed with to see if they would take over the traits of the human, and they did. Yeah, pretty much. I read mm-hmm. the same thing, basically. It's like, I actually do not know. I feel like the robots took over... Yeah. 
they, they, they said took we're over shut the down company. for a while. They yeah. took it over, and but then I see like you know the couple are there. So did they take these humans and make them into robots? That's what know. I'm. I'm really not sure. Yeah, I, I'm a little slow. Seems like the robots just took over. I don't but know. I think it's very interesting. Very, um, it's been dominated. Like, uh, what was the Will? What was the Will Smith movie? Poor Will. I robot. The original like, Russian play, I robot. Then like the Will Smith movie, but. Uh, can you go into that? The the, the play. The the Russian play. If robots weren't robots, if robot was just a word for worker, worker clones, and the clones rebel and take over the factory and they kill all the humans except for the one human that builds robots. Mm. Yeah, I think the theme of I even though AI is a real thing now, but when it comes to fiction, as far as there's like. Rules for vampires, rule for things like you can't, they can't look in the mirror, this and that. I feel like the 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 theme that is present with like what could possibly be AI is like the maid said her main goal is to survive. That's mm-hmm. my number one function, and that is present I think in most um, adaptions of films that feature AI and what it could look like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Westworld did a great job of showing that. Was um, the other one Ex Machina? Ex Machina, that was a great film. Yeah, I haven't seen it good. in a while. Um, West, I have not finished Westworld. Um, Humans um, did a good job in the Black Mirror episode that we were talking about where you can, you know, custom order your thing. Um, it is interesting because in the movie world, like just recently as far as the, the strike that was going on, that was probably one of the – I really didn't fault too closely, but I know that one of the main debates was basically the use of AI overtaking – you know, actors' roles and stuff like that, and, and using their likeness. And stuff like that. Yeah. Does anyone know? Like, do you know any more, Tishina, as far as what they agreed upon? As far as are they are they? Because obviously, it's economically better for studios. But have they given part of part of the deal in like in the agreement, or what people are really upset about? Both. Both. Yeah. So what they agree to essentially, like people that are higher up that have sort of more standing in the union and more of a of a name have more protections for their likeness and the way that it is reused if they scan and sign the lower down you are, the fewer protections you have. It's something people are really unhappy about in the deal. Um, but the studios using AI to alter performances or appearances is actually not, I mean, it's new, but it's like it's been happening before. It's part of why, I mean, I, there are NDAs in place, but there are a lot of big movies that have been released over the past few years where performances were actively changed using AI before it hit theaters. I agree. I, I, I think, didn't Selena come up with a new album? Like, her parents approved. I, I, oh, I, think I it don't was, know. Selena has a new album, and I think it's I it's an AI. Ew. And, and I'm sure you've heard no. maybe online, like, a lot of songs that are created by artists, um, what AI would think. I, I'm not going to lie. The stories and songs, they're good. They're good. That's the scary part. Like, you know, of course, like the knit and grit of what comes into like, you know, what humans have to do to create stories and all that kind of stuff. But like, I think I heard a song from Adele and Amy Winehouse together, a mashup. It was, it sounded like a song that they would actually write together and make. And that's the scary part. That's disturbing. Yeah. I'm going to say there's lawsuits right now over the copyright for what they're training the AIs for. So like the AI to be able to perform like Adele, right? To feed it all the Adele's stuff. And so there's like lawsuits from writers and people now where their data has been used and they're saying, well, if it was used to train the AI, then 
I think it's a basically like wow. the 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 technology cannot catch up with the rules and laws being made to protect what AI can do, and that's. Hmm? Swap that. Swap that. The rules can't keep up with the technology. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I got things get switched up in here. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, I I just want to go into this real quick. Like it makes me think of like for example like, um, are you gonna believe your eyes or? Or you know what I say, or like you can literally create anything, any scenario. Like for example, like I guess like if you're running for president, you can make I don't know a video of you in an alley with some woman, but you really weren't. Like you know, yeah. like, it's like hey, it was just AI. It wasn't and me. the voices, you know, like everything, there's so yeah. many things that, that could be good and not good for. Mm -hmm. it. I think that I heard a studio talking about one time. Like basically, you can have an actor come in, say all the vowels or all the letters, and then take that catalog of how they enunciate everything and just use it for everything to, yeah. to keep creating Nicolas Cage films forever. Yeah. 500 films or whatever, you know, how many. So it's kind of scary. It's very scary. I don't know. Um, what'd you think of the episode, Dana? I thought it was interesting. I liked yeah. it. I was too dumb for the end. I'm like, wait, what? Were there humans? <laughs> like who took over who at first? Yeah. It's probably very simple. I'm just thinking too hard about it. Same. Um, but the point was made like, yeah, that's the future. I think, um, we all have the internet. I think I saw a video, an art exhibit mm -hmm. of a machine. It's like a statement piece, a machine that is leaking oil in its act. You've seen it. Yes. yes. Yeah, it's the saddest thing on earth. It, it is, is so sad. sad. It touched it's me. It's so depressing. Like, okay, what is the message? Like, do you want to, like, go? Essentially, it leaks uh, oil. And mm -hmm. so it has, it has a few functions. Its primary function is to, like, clean up the oil so it can suck it back up and continue to exist. And when it has the energy to not exclusively do that, like it can do little happy dancing. Um, I don't think it's so much like interact with people seeing it, but it has like other expressions that it can do. The, the longer it goes, the worse the, the leak is built to get worse and worse and worse. The more it has to work to keep the oil. Yeah, it was crazy. It doesn't, doesn't dance anymore. It doesn't have the happy expressions anymore. Oh. It's just to scrape up the oil. It's kind of wild. I didn't know it. I didn't. I must. I missed the part where it could dance. It had like some happy functions, some I, enjoyable I guess functions. That's what it was programmed to do. It didn't for a long time. Like in the beginning, it had so much spare time and energy, it could just sit there and dance. And it's, I do drugs so I can work longer, so I can make more money, so I can do more drugs, so I can yeah. work. Uh, yeah. The endless yeah. vicious cycle. I don't have time to dance. All I have time to do is to clean. Mm-hmm. Work. Yeah, I think. You saw, did you see the video of like, I guess they got a robot to do a very simple function, um, be like a worker at an Amazon line or something. No, I, um, I don't know what it's supposed to do. It's I guess like package something. And during the repetitive act so long, the robot felt in its best interest was to destroy itself. God. <laughs> then do this again. It's like, how do you think we feel? I know, my right? God. But yeah, it's like, this is, this is my best interest to, to shut down, then do this repetitive action. Like so it's interesting to see where it can go. It's so advanced, but not advanced in ways because I, I saw like a yogurt shop trying to like dispense yogurt and it was doing a shit job. <laughs> so like, I don't know, we'll get there. We'll get there. Mm -hmm. Guys, guys, I was in Vegas. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been in like a self-driving car? You have? Yeah. You trusted your life in that? It was like two blocks, thank God. <laughs> no, where were you? Where was this? Oh. Wait, wait, it was like an Uber the or like Tesla? what? Yeah, it was in Buckhead. What? Oh. 
I saw in Vegas self-driving. I was like, I don't. Mm, I'm scared. Yeah, I think it's fine. How much did it cost? Yeah, regular. Uh. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, Cindy, <laughs> lady of the night. That's what I call you. Yeah. She's like, I didn't pay we for it. We went to Savannah, and she just had like cash, cash, cash. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> lady of the night. You always have cash. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I always like seeing this concept in films redone again and again and invented. And especially, it is funny. There's there's so many episodes in Night Gallery where like they kind of predict. There's one called The Class of 1999. There's ah. one of like it like <laughs> but as like 99 didn't look like that. But it's funny to see how like people think of how the future is going to look like. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they get it, and sometimes they don't. Who wrote the book um, The Time Machine and stuff? He did a good job. What's his name? Jules yeah, that's the dude. That's the dude. I think he did a great job imagining what the future could look like. He yeah, he did pretty, pretty close. C- cl- uh, close. Yeah. Any um, any other likes or dislikes as far as this? Not robot, but another Rod Sterling episode is the um, the mannequin where you get 24 hours to become alive. Yes, I and love that one. That she's alive and they're like, you've been gone for like a year. Get your yeah. Back. <laughs> yeah, it's our turn now. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. Very kind of similar. Like, every, you know, you give them a turn and see how they, how they deal with it. Yeah, the opening of this reminded me very, well, not this, sorry. The opening of this episode reminded me very much of uh, the, the Twilight Zone episode, I think, where the people, the, the kids shop for, you know, a, a handmade robot to be housewife. And, and, but it looks like a grandma. It's not fuckable. It's just a nice, lovely old lady who raises them and, and all that kind of stuff. And they she's pick up the eyes. And, and they have the same scene where they're walking down and, like, deciding. And it's also in the eye of the beholder where these old couple can go in and pick a younger model of themselves oh. to be transplanted. Trans, what do you call it? Planted. Yeah, I want that one. But they could only afford one. So the dude gets it, and he's, like, hopping and skipping, like, out of the surgery room, like, woo, I'm young. And she's like, I'm still old. <laughs> and, then, and then he goes back in and decides, like, you know, I'm going to be old, too. Like, you know. <laughs> I'll be old with but you. But if you have money for both, yeah, I'll hop and skip and jump and be whatever. That's yeah. also a Tales from the Crypt episode, too. Tales from the Crypt, which one? So the, what's his name? He's the little old guy from uh, Christmas Vacation. The blessing where he's super rich and he wants this Anna Nicole Smith style model who's nothing but money hungry. And so he pays this mad scientist to move his like head over to his body. So now he's got this old body with this nice head. Turn long and short of it, he pays this stud to mm-hmm. transfer his whole body. So now he's this old guy living in the young body. Mm-hmm. The old chick goes for the dude with the money. He does it like one piece at a time, right? Am I remember that kind yeah. of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's like arms and then the chest and then the legs. It's always like, oh, well, if I had this, she loved me. <laughs> she loved me. Yes. Yes. Uh, this concept has been done many times. It, yeah. I love it. Just the whole, um, yeah, what would you do? You know. Uh, but to go back to what our man here, the old schlob who has a, you know, his fidelity problem, obviously, even with this robot. They were swingers. Yeah, it's like, 
you uh, you have problems now. Like you're worried about like your man like going to you know another woman or a man or whatever. You got to worry about AI. I I just was on my phone. I just did a little whatever, and I saw that there is an apps uh, an app where you can create your dream girlfriend with AI. Customize everything from looks to personality and even her voice. What does the bottom part say, Dana? 100% private and discreet. Fulfill your desires in a safe, judgment-free environment. Create my dream girl. I was tempted to click on it, but, like, you know, the government already follows me. I don't even know. And then I'm like, I'm kind of right. like, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I did want to create a profi- profile to see what it was. Just to see how far you could get with it, how yeah. specific you could get. But obviously. <laughs> I know, right? How you you get flagged. <laughs> so next is um, a few previews of the most popular creations from this app for an AI girlfriend. It sends you messages and all kinds of things. And eventually, mm. I guess it'll be like, uh, what was that movie with um, uh, the Star Wars guy? You know what I'm talking about, the future. Which one? You know what I'm talking about? Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Oh. Like that. I think Blade, like I saw the, the other one too, like. Like, they don't even know they're robots, but they're like, mm. you know, he has like a, a girlfriend at home, you know, who's AI and shuts her. I think that's the second one. I'm not sure. But yeah, this concept's been done many, many times over. Yeah. Anyway, here's the top creations for this actual website right now in 2024. And what do you think they look like? Do they have clothes on? Do they look humble? We have this. This is AI oh creation. God. She's not real. And obviously, I, I'm guessing she's a school teacher. Lauren, <laughs> she is a school teacher with those tits. Okay, mm-hmm. there's another AI creation. This is very popular. Oh. I think she was in the Daddy Yankee music video. <laughs> I think so. Pitbull video. Yes. Here. I did one of these. Keisha convinced me to do this. I have some pictures where I'm a cat. Where you you send a bunch of pictures to oh. this this app and the it AI does app. that i only did it because it made like a really funny one where it made her yeah. like this like medieval monster by accident with tits <laughs> it made her like a man so i was oh. like i wanted to fuck up my picture too but instead i got you this you look good as a man you look like a conquistador you have like one with like a like a beard oh like that beard. that tiktok filter <laughs> yeah 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 you're like say say where is the gold like this Where's the, where's the gold? Keep going nope. that way. It's That's over bad. there. You'll find it. Okay. <laughs> and then you die. <laughs> All right, here's another one. Of course. We see a recurring theme. Tits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Big tits. So, yeah, that's that's what's happened currently in 2024 as far as AI and also in the movie industry. And also, I was telling Dana about, like, the very first – I guess sex doll brothel that's going to be probably future AI is in Barcelona. I was going to yeah. say Amsterdam. Yeah. Yeah. So that's fun. <laughs> it's, it's twofold. Like I'm like, at least whatever the fuck that men want to do, they can do it on a not person, you know, living whatever kind of is going on, you know, but then, then eventually, like, they'll be doing whatever, and they'll have a tear, you know? <laughs> I'm more uh, worried about the disinfection. The disinfection? Yes. <laughs> you cannot, if you, I can't imagine a material you can make where you have to bleach it that many times, and the integrity of the material's going to rot away. <laughs> Gross. Girl. Uh, I don't know. 
gross. Okay, so, yeah, that was our two features. I We do have one more short one for you. It's only two minutes since you've been such a great audience. <laughs> but uh, I would like to talk about the fate of the Night Gallery. Um, the Night Gallery ended just as the Twilight Zone ended. He lost creative control. They kept changing the plots, the characters, the settings. And... It, he, 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 he quoted saying, it's no longer Rod Serling's Night Gallery, it's just Night Gallery. And he said his, it was probably because the network was concerned with keeping up with the action-packed shows like Mannix. I don't even know what that is. Does anyone know? He's your man. He's your character yeah, I guess. It's like his Where is it? Oh, oh, okay. Look, but, yeah, it reminds me of today. No offense. But like, you know, Marvel movie, Marvel movie, Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. You know, all that kind of stuff. The explosions, all that kind of stuff, that kind of thing. So Action packed. What? Rom com? Like <laughs> a lake house with Keanu Reeves. <laughs> no, just sounds relaxing. Just a little as Rob Sterling says, a cerebral exercise. You mm. know, there's yeah. <laughs> that's what he's like. People are not into that anymore. And uh, so uh, so Ross Sterling, he he just flew out, you know, every once in a while to get paid a hundred thousand dollars for each monologue, wow. money grab. While he goes back to lovely Syracuse and um, focus on teaching at uh, Ithaca University. And did he I teach? Yeah. What did he teach? Probably like film. And all okay. there, you can look up on YouTube. He had, there's a lot of recordings of him talking with students, mm-hmm. going through script building and writing. It's very fascinating, mm. and I would have died to go to school and even though I, I don't want to be a writer, like to take a class with him. That thing was really cool mm. and very humble for him to, you know, stay true to Binghamton, nice. little town, <laughs> Ithaca. But uh, yes, and um, yeah, so that's what he spent the remainder of his life just um, teaching, teaching, yeah, and, and sometimes in California universities as well, but. I have always wondered what it would have looked like if he had full creative control of his, because even without it, like the messages still came across clear, and I thought they were great. It's like, well, I wonder what it would have been like if he was able to see fruition everything that he indent, and, had a vision you know, of envisioned yeah. for. And he died in 1975 of a heart attack. You know, mm. I'm sure the smoking five packs a day didn't help. Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to do, we're going to do one more short for you because mm-hmm. you've been sticking around with us and that's great. So this is a two minute short. Um, they would, um, since they would chop down his anthology so much, the the network would create all these like little two minute bits, one minute bits to fill in the time of all the stuff they chopped out. And the show did end up, um, you know, being syndicated and going syndicated TV and I think they also combined it with another show, The Sixth Sense, and chopped it up even more mm-hmm. for the reruns that probably you've seen. So who knows how true to the original these reruns were. But this one is, um, I don't know what it's called. I think it says it up here, but let's play it. And again, Ross Rowling didn't write this. Some of them are stupid, some of them are funny, but hey, it was on, right? called Junior. Yeah. yeah. Daddy. Oh, God. Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have a drink of 
Honey. It's your baby. That's what I would have said. Dana, is it your baby? It's your baby. Yeah, like you made me have this baby. Like, do men really say that to their wives? After they give birth, like, it's crying. You deal with it. It's your baby. Like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I would not have a husband anymore. She said that to him. Yeah, I know, but I figured that it's usually the other way around for the purposes of real life. But mm-hmm. in this, this like, is fantasy. Oh, this, this is, is fantasy. <laughs> yeah, it's Even a, in this scenario, you're <laughs> Look. I can't. What? Just hit play. <laughs> That's all I'm thinking about. And those itchy bed covers that from the oh 70s. Jesus. I Like, it's in every film. Like, this is what they, the was their. The of that sheet is too. Pissing me off. It is. It's so uncomfortable. It's, it's, I can feel it. Like. They didn't have like an American like quilt or something like that was soft from grandma. Like why all this? Why would you take the the, 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 the duvet or the bedspread off? Did why would you take a layer of warmth off? Yeah, yeah. Why would you? So why would you, Dana? Satin edges on that blanket. Yeah, <laughs> that pea green, that popular <laughs> pea green line or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Daddy. All right. Yeah, I'm coming. showed three um, anthologies from Rod Serling, two of his creation, and um, for the pilot, he did win uh, I think it's called a Edgar Award, which is short for Edgar Allan Poe. It's a writer's award, and of course, he's highly awarded. But, thanks for watching it with us, guys. And I hope you enjoyed it. Um, Hope it was thought-provoking, even though it's concepts that we think about all the time and are dealing with right now. And um, I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for Dana. She's the one that pushed me to <laughs> to get out there and, like, do this outside of a living room. I'm like, what? I'm fine here. Like, we don't got to do all that. But thanks for hanging we'll out. We'll hold hands together. Huh? We'll hold hands together. We do it. <laughs> she has no affection. Uh, Give me your hand. Oh, uh, yeah. When I, when we, we take turns recording each other's houses. And when we go when I go to her house, you know, I'll like do this with our dog. They're there, like that, like that. Okay, doggy. <laughs> yes. I'm a child of divorce. You know, who's <laughs> <laughs> not? Um, hey, thanks. Thank you, guys. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, and um, yeah, yeah. Um, um, thanks.
thanks for getting through the technical difficulties. Yes, but thank you. I hope you all enjoyed. <laughs> and thanks for coming out. We'll update our programs for whatever. Thanks, like ten times. Thanks. Yes. Thanks, thanks again. Okay. Bye. Thanks. Okay. Bye. Thanks. <laughs> Round of applause for everybody. Thank you, everybody, <laughs> for being, you know, horror fans like us. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. The end. Oh yeah, we usually end with Raphael laughing. So what would you think, Raphael, about the uh, the night gallery show? <laughs> okay. Thumbs Thank down. You. We just we're gonna I have heard to. A tea tea. All right, Kipria, I'm gonna play the doctor. You're gonna play Joan Crawford, who's blind. We're gonna have to act this out. Mrs. Menlo. Yes. <laughs> this surgery has only been done on animals before. Yes, I know. <laughs> I ordered three monkeys from the Congo to have it tested on, and they they saw just fine. I have one occupation, doctor, and that sole concern is me. I am my own priority. I want to see. I want to see buildings, people, the sun. Get me those man's eyes. Just do it. No. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. Interrupt our our performance. I know. <laughs> Feels different. Yay. Hey. Okay. Oh, I thought we want to hold my hand. Okay. Yes. Oh no, where's the sound? the sound? Again. Wait, do you have to turn it up on that little thing again? Ha 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 